0: Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. I repeat, football is back with the Hall of Fame game in the rearview mirror. We are officially into the preseason phase of the football season. The Hall of Fame game, so the Cleveland Browns won 21-16 over the Jets, and Nothing too much going on in this game besides Zach Wilson getting some significant reps, which, of course, that was going to happen. They're not going to put Aaron Rodgers in on the first preseason game. He might get some some reps, but if that, if he even needs it. Um, then we got three weeks of preseason, and then it is officially football season. The regular season is about to start. Guys, we are here. Finally. And without further ado, we do have a great episode planned for you guys tonight. So to celebrate football starting, we're going to give our NFL honors predictions for the preseason. And um, so we kind, of, we kind of did a fun thing with that this year, where around the, uh, the actual honors ceremony, we gave who our preseason picks were and who actually won the awards. So make sure you tune into that one. It'll be just before the Super Bowl. It's a long way off. You're probably not even going to remember me saying this to you guys. But definitely check that out. That's a fun episode that we do. We compare. Uh, we we basically give how far off we are. And if we were right on the nail, then we'll give that too. And I will make sure I rub it in you guys' face when I get three of them again. That was, that was a fun time. Um, but we're going to start off with... Uh, So we're going to separate this into a couple of segments. So we're going to go the Rookies of the Year first with Defensive Rookie of the Year, then the Players of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. Then on the last segment, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and the coveted MVP award. Then we got our fan box where we asked you guys for the Dark Horse MVP candidates that you guys had. So CJ, do you want to start us off with your Defensive Rookie of the Year pick? Yeah, sure. I will do it. Do it then. So my defensive
1: rookie of the year, uh, call me unoriginal, but how's it not going to be Will Anderson of the Houston Texans? That man was a monster in Bama, and if he could do even half of what he was in Bama in his rookie year, he should be a lock. And, I mean, you're going to look at some of the tackles he's going to be going against. uh now, I don't think he's going to be going against Cam Robinson because he'll be suspended. Uh, the Colts' whole O-line took a step back last year, and then the Titans don't have Taylor Lewan, and Andre Dillard will be injured by week five. So so I'm just saying, like, Will Anderson Jr., remember that name. He he should, you know, unless he, like, tears his ACL or something, win Defensive Rookie of the Year. What about you, Adam?
0: Well, my pick, I was – fighting the urge to pick that guy and i had a feeling you were going to and that's a great pick i really do i think he's in a he's in a division that's bad enough so that he's going to eat but that being said i didn't want to i didn't want to go with the crowd and i don't want to pick the same one as you so i think i'm going to go with my pick and call me a biased patriots fan but i have christian gonzalez taking the award so you take one of the best coverage corners in the draft, arguably the best, and you put him up with a head coach who is one of the best defensive-minded coaches in our generation. You combine those two, and what do you get? You get a potential defensive rookie of the year in Christian Gonzalez. And I think the the issue with this pick, and a, a, an issue that a lot of people have, is the division he's in. You got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on the Dolphins. You got Stephon Diggs on the Bills. And then you got uh, Garrett Wilson on the Jets. But isn't that, is that not what we said about Sauce Gardner last year? But he had no issue. And this, Christian Gonzalez, apparently, according to scouting reports, is arguably the same guy as as far as play style goes. So I don't think Christian Gonzalez has an issue here. I know he's ha- been having some trouble in camp lately, but he's just adjusting to the big league level. And I mean he's facing he's I mean, he's facing the coaching of one of the best in the of one of the best in the game in Bill Belichick. So I think this is going to be good for him. Christian Gonzalez is my defensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to have a great season and a great start to his young career.
1: Yeah, you know uh, i I definitely think uh, that's that's re- a reasonable take.
0: yeah, I just th- I just think the pairing between him. And Bill Belichick is great. And we have had our, have had our criticisms of Bill Belichick, right? Yeah. Um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But the defensive side, I mean, don't look now, but he's actually had a pretty good career. Even after Brady, the defense has still been pretty functional. And he finds diamonds in the rough all the time. Now you yeah. take a first-round pick with all the talent in the world and you pair him up with Bill Belichick, this kid, the sky's the limit for this kid. I think this this guy's going to have a great year. And he's going to make a statement by shutting down some of the best wide receivers in football in the AFC East. I just think, I just think this kid has everything that he needs in order to do it. Um, just like Sauce Gardner did. And by the way, I did predict Sauce Gardner to win defensive rookie of the year. So maybe I know a thing or two. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm saying something. Maybe I'm not saying anything at all. But I'm picking Christian Gonzalez, so take that for how you will. Um all right. So moving on, what is your offensive rookie of the year pick?
1: Now this this was hard, I'll admit. There's a few ways you could go, you know, not really the best receiving class. Some guys not in great situations. Seems like quarterbacks don't usually win these anymore, you know unless you're like Justin Herbert, who had an insane rookie year. But I might play it safe and go with Bijan Robinson. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, but he has a handcuff and Tyler Algier, who is a thousand-yard rusher in his own right. But what Bijan Robinson can do is insane. He is fast. He's agile. He can juke. He can make you miss. And he can bowl you over. He's the perfect blend of power and speed, and he's not too shabby at catching the ball. Of course, I would assume that that will be more Cordero Patterson's role in that Falcons offense. But but what I really like is the Falcons offensive line. Now, a lot of people, when you think of the Falcons, a good O-line is uh, not probably the first thing that springs to your mind. And I understand that. I do. But hear me out. Tackles Caleb McGarry and Jake Matthews, who once again, you may not know Lyman, but Caleb McGarry just got paid and Jake Matthews has been a top 10 left tackle for like half a decade now. You got right guard Chris Lindstrom, an up and coming uh, interior lineman like Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman. So he's got a good, he's just got a solid line, especially on, you got two good bookend tackles which can allow him to just do those outside runs. And the only thing that concerns me is that some of the defensive lines that he will will be going up against in that division are pretty good. You know, you have like guys like Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett in Tampa Bay. You've got Cam Jordan in New Orleans and you've got like Brian Burns in Carolina and their one defensive tackle, Derek Brown. But overall, it's gotta be, Bijan you know because that guy was a menace and with a good o-line to run behind even against solid defensive fronts I I really don't see any of anyone else getting it especially not a quarterback because of how more shrewdly we judge them in their rookie year in this day and age
0: okay so that's another one who I was going to pick
1: Jesus.
0: And it's another one that is a, a that is a great pick by the way. You have they reinvest in their offensive line and they spent through their teeth in free agency and then they drafted Bijan Robinson in the first round. What does that tell you about the type of scheme they're going to run this year? What does that tell you?
1: Says they're going to run. I mean and it makes sense. You know, Arthur Smith was the Titans offensive coordinator and who are the Titans known for? Derek running the ball. Defense and running the ball. Don't. So they're
0: going they're literally going to center their entire game around running the ball. So Bijan Robinson, the guy who they drafted 8th overall, that guy could very well be R- offensive rookie of the year. But I'm going to go against that pick for one reason. The the age of of the three down back was so short-lived it really it, it was an old school thing and then it came back for a few years the past a few years ago but in the past couple of years especially in the in the rookie class we're seeing we're seeing wide receivers break out every single year it was jamar chase in 21 and then it was garrett wilson in 22 this year i'm going to have jackson smith and jigba and this kid Say what you want about how he how we got injured before before the season started, I get it. That's that's a fair argument. Say what you want about him being arguably their wide receiver three with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Were there two, but is that not the issue that Jamar Chase had? He was working with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Now then he was added to this offense and he took it to the next level on in Cincinnati. It's so the same thing with Je- with uh, Smith and Jigba here. He is he is more talented than either of them. He has better abilities, and this guy is going to take this Seahawks offense to the next level. Even with Geno Smith, who is pro- who proved he was a pretty good quarterback under Pete Carroll. So I have Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think this is the age of wide receivers really coming on strong early on in their careers. I don't think they we this is the best what this is the best the wide receiver position has been possibly ever. At least as far as its dominance has been. And you can kind of understand why. It's easier to win games with a top wide receiver than it is with a top running back. And we're seeing that we're seeing that right now, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I hear you. I do. And it's not even about injuries. It's that he is going to be their wide receiver three. And, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not just say, like, he's more talented than Metcalf and Lockett? I mean, I'll give you Lockett, but Metcalf? Yeah, I think he is. Mm, No, Metcalf is faster, and he's stronger, and he has better hands, but that's neither here nor there. Another thing is that uh, Chase was, as you know, a top ten pick and was expected to be their wide receiver one i mean you can expect that from njigba especially since tyler lockett is either 29 or 30. but i don't think they're going to try to like rush him in and make him of the focal point of the offense just yet but either way that is a solid pick and of this receiver class probably the most likely to win offensive rookie of the year maybe zay flowers but it all depends on Lamar.
0: i just I just think that he's i just think that he's going to have a uh he's just going to get the opportunities there and he was also a first round pick and i would argue that he's yeah, a top 10 or draft. top
1: 20 i mean which one are you probably going to put make the focal point of your offense i'm just saying like you likened him to chase and i mean well, i would argue he track, fell i don't see it
0: i would argue he fell in the draft i would yeah. argue he dropped he should have been a yeah. top ten pick. I think he should have been taken. I should think he should have been taken by the Texans. That's not top ten, but it's twelve. I mean, that's that's a spot where I think that he could have he could have been taken. Was and
1: was also traded up, so
0: they did trade up. But he also, I think he should have. I think he should have went there or the Falcons. I think you know. All oh, right, that, that was we can the,
1: agree on. Like no matter whether it's a jaguar or not, the Falcons probably should have taken a receiver. But
0: right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my point. Is wide receivers have become the focal point of these offenses, and it's paying off. And the Vikings won. The Vikings won thirteen games when, uh, I mean, you and I argue that they shouldn't have, but no. Justin Jefferson was bit, yeah. a big part of the reason why they did. And you, then you got Jamar Chase from a year prior, who helped uh, Joe Burrow reach the Super Bowl. Then a couple years prior, you the uh, the Bills they trade for Stephon Diggs. And that offense transformed. I'm just saying, like, this is a, This is the age of the wide receiver. The return of the focal point of the offense being the wide receiver. And it's paying off for these teams. Now, are they winning Super Bowls with it? And They're not quite there yet. It doesn't usually happen like that. But they're getting a lot closer than these running back-led teams. I'm just saying. I, I think that was a really flawed era. In the late 2010s where uh, the three down back was re- was returning to football. Because notice how none of those teams were winning at all. The, J- the Jaguars with Leonard Fournette. The Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott. The Rams with Todd Gurley. They got close, but then he got hurt. Pretty ironic, isn't it? <laughs> Just saying, like, these teams are getting closer. And they win more games. And I think that's it's going to reflect here. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I I do think that the Seahawks are arguably the better team in that division between them and San Francisco. I think they their quarterback position is a little more sound. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We'll see how that goes. Um. All right, so we're gonna move on. We're going to move to a bigger picture here, which is the players of the year so you got defensive player of the year offensive player of the year who wins these awards that's next this is the fumble ruski podcast Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. This is our NFL honors predictions for the 2023 NFL season. Our third annual at that. And we are on to our players of the year, offensive and defensive. So we're going to start with defensive player of the year. CJ, why don't you kick us off?
1: All right. My defensive player of the year. Now, I could have gone with T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett or every, or anyone else. But the more I think about it, the more I like Michael Parsons. Now, I don't know if you've seen how he's been talking, but this man, despite really not having all that much to prove left, you know what I mean? Because he hit the ground running this in this league. But oh my God, he, he wants more. He still has that fire in him. and he's like, he's just motivated. And even more, they're they're going to use him more on the edge because usually you know, they like to drop him back into coverage, but no, he's put on a few pounds of muscle and he's willing to fully convert to an edge rusher. And all I'm gonna say is more chances at the edge equal more sacks. That's just basic math. And when you consider how the Cowboys, especially, are, are just preparing defensively, how they're just loading up on defense, it is going to be scary. And you know what Parsons is saying. You know he wants to take a crack at Philly. You know he's already, he said himself, has his sights on being one of the best. Just going to the Hall of Fame and being one of the best in it. And I don't know, when I hear him talk about that, that just gets me amped up. And how could you not root for this guy, you know, despite the fact that he's on a team a lot of people don't like. But either way, my defense player of the year is Micah Parsons.
0: I like that pick. I think Micah Parsons is one of the better all-around defensive players for a front seven. He's not just that guy who only racks up sacks. He's not just the guy who just gets a ton of tackles. Um and he can play in coverage, which is an interesting thing that he can do. Um, but that being said, I think it's a lot of the time it's either a cornerback or it's a pass rusher who gets a ton of sacks. Mm-hmm. And my pick is going to be Miles Garrett. All right. And I think Miles Garrett has already in a in a tough situation, a situation that where it's you have had a pretty poorly run defense despite having so much talent and a pretty bad offense, they can't keep the defense off the field. And he's still been one of the better defensive players in football. Now he's in the best situation he's ever been in. And he probably has his best, uh, best running mate, if you will, opposite side, him in Zadarius Smith, which will take some coverage away from miles Garrett. Now, I remember when we were talking about the best edge rushers and I, I ranked miles Garrett earlier this summer, number one going into next year and Robert, the other podcast host of another show that only covers one sport that isn't football, by the way, said with the laziest analysis I could possibly think of in, you don't go against the reigning defensive player of the year. Which is maybe the dumbest argument I've ever heard. So your your entire argument is centered centered around saying because he won it last year, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it this year. How did that How'd that go with T.J. Watt the year prior? How'd that go with him? Mm-hmm. Or Stefan Gilmore in twenty nineteen? How'd that go? Clear yeah. Neck. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Now there have been some repeats. Aaron Donald being one of them the most noteworthy but we're going into next year not going based off the year prior and I think this Miles Garrett kid is due he's already had some monster years and I think he's primed for his best one yet and he's in a offense he's excuse me he's in a defense that is primed to be the best it has been in recent memory and Miles Garrett will be the main benefit, benefactor of that. So put me down for Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year. That kid is due. He has been one of the best in the league and he's going to prove for one year, this year in 2023 that he is the best. Give me Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that that's a great argument. However, I will say you can't go against the reigning No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking
0: i hope Ugh. robert sees this so that he can I, i'm having him back on the show to 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 get all over him for that Ugh. it's a dumb argument <laughs> oh
1: uh, this is what makes it fun all right
0: yeah i mean that guy needs to stick to he needs to stick to baseball just saying <laughs> stick to baseball um all right so we're going to move on to offensive player of the year. Give me your pick, CJ.
1: Oh, there are a few directions you can go for this. And just, I want every fiber of my being desperately wanted me to put Derek Henry for some reason. But I couldn't because Adam stated earlier, you know, the age of the bell cows pretty much gone unless you're, you know, and plus, you know, getting up there in age and so on. Oh, God help me! I, I genuinely believe that Justin Jefferson might repeat. And no, I'm not going to say, well, you can't sleep on the incumbent there. No, 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 I'm not. We're not. We're not saying that. You don't I'm, go against the reigning offensive player of the year. Yeah, no, but see, here's the thing with Jefferson. His wide receiver, two Adam Thielen, is gone, and they have a rookie there in Jordan Addison. He goes fast, too. Yeah. He, he. Oh, yeah. Jordan Addison goes fast. But we don't talk about that. But then you have K.J. Osborne, who's all right. You have T.J. Hawkinson, who's also, you know, he's pretty good. But he's still the headliner. And in an offense without Dalvin Cook as a receiving back, we have Alexander Madison, who's mostly a runner. That will just create a target void. And I'm sorry. I know how good Jordan Addison is, and I know how good that Dalvin Cook is. But when you have some of those, but when you have the targets left over from Cook and the ones from uh, Thielen, I don't know if Hawkinson and Addison are going to take the rest of them. I genuinely believe at least half of those targets are going to Jefferson because it seems like unless you're Jalen uh, Jair Alexander in one lucky game, that you, you can't seem to cover him. And... He, you know, he he's the best receiver in the game. We've all said it. And you got Kirk, you know, always, he's just going to be feeding him. I just, I, I really don't know why he wouldn't be other than maybe voter fatigue, which I, I get that. I do. But let's face it. He's going to get more targets than last year, you know, because you have a rookie plus KJ Osborne and your receiving back is gone. And not only that, I expect him to be even better than he was last year. Because when you look at some of the other top receivers, you know, like Tyreek Hill, you know, he's got a handcuff in Jalen Waddell, DK Metcalf, he's got a handcuff in uh, now I'm blanking on his name again, Tyler Lockett. You know, it's like it's it's guys like that. You know, whereas he really doesn't have a wide receiver too that's even close to him. So so just do with that what you will. I know it might sound trite, but Justin Jefferson is my favorite for Offensive Player of the Year.
0: I like that pick. I do. If he repeats what he did last year, then I think he's he should be a slam dunk to win it. Just a lot of these players have seasons that they that are so unbelievably great that they'll just never repeat it. Or if they do, it'll be years down the road. So I'm just I'm gonna fade Justin Jefferson this year. I th- I think he's still going to have an incredible year, and I'm gonna go Jamar Chase, another player like kind of like my defensive player of the year. Um, so with Miles Garrett, I ranked him number one out of my uh, out of my edge rushers. On wide receivers, I ranked Jamar Chase number one. So Jamar Chase is my offensive player of the year pick, and this is a guy who. Um, we're all forgetting, still had an incredible year. The only reason he barely cracked a 1,000 yards is because he missed seven games. So you take that and you put what he did over a 17-game stretch, and he's right there with Justin Jefferson. He's back, he's healthy, and Joe Burrow's going to have time to throw. And that connection is one of the best in all of football, Be- those two being best friends since college. So I think that's going that is going to be a great connection between the two. Jamar Chase has a bounce back year. He stays healthy in 2023 and he has arguably the best season of his entire career so far in you know in his young career. Um this yeah, I think this kid's going to have an incredible season and yeah, give me Jamar Chase at number 1 for my offensive player of the year. Yeah, you know
1: that's a that's actually a really good pick i uh my only concern is you know he's in a bit of a more crowded receiver room but then again he missed some time and almost cracked a thousand yards so i feel like that argument doesn't really hold too too much weight but yeah but i would not be shocked if you were right
0: yeah well like it's just you fade the guy who did the best Mm -hmm. because a lot of these got like Justin Jefferson had an incredible year, but it was a historic season that he may never repeat because it was just so good. You have to match, match up with that. And if you get that workload again and then try to repeat it, you might get hurt again. Like, you know, like how, uh, Jamar chase just did last year. But I think chase has a healthy year this year and just him being healthy and being out there. And getting more having more time for Burrow to get the to get the ball out to him, to throw it deep. I think he's going to rack up those yards, and I think he's going to get his touchdowns as well. So I think Jamar Chase is I think he's my offensive player of the year. I I had Justin Jefferson last year. I'm gonna take Jamar Chase this year. I think he's going to be incredible this year.
1: That's fair. Um
0: all right, so we're gonna move on. So we have three more categories to go that we're going to tackle all in the next segment, starting with Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and the coveted League MVP Honors. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power Radiate sequel Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright and CJ Medeiros with you here tonight. And we are on to our final stage of our NFL Honors Predictions, which is Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and MVP. Except I just named that in completely the wrong order we're going to go in. We're going to lead off with Comeback Player of the Year. CJ, why don't you kick us off?
1: Uh... Comeback player of the year can be a touchy subject, especially this season. I'm not going to say why. You know why. But my comeback player of the year, I think, should be Cooper Cup. He was the offensive player of the year a season ago, then was cut down by injury, still putting up a decent season. But now, like his handcuff and Allen Robinson, who, who underperformed either way, is gone. Like the receiver room outside of him isn't really that great. So he's just primed to get fed and he is primed to get over a thousand yards and at least seven touchdowns. And I'm sorry, that's comeback player of the year material. It truly is. I mean, I'm just going to keep it short.
0: Yeah. I mean, Cooper cup is definitely, he would be deserving if he got it because he missed most of last year and still had 800 yards. So he had a great year. Um, now I am going to go with what I believe will happen and I hope it doesn't, but I think DeMar Hamlin is going to win comeback player of the year. And the reason for that is because this guy quite literally almost died on the field. And on top of that, um, th- it's not like he was some random player who was just, who, whose heart stopped. This kid was actually really good stepping in uh, for Micah Hyde as their backup safety. A backup, uh, and Micah Hyde is, was no bum. Him and Jordan Poyer made up arguably the best, uh, the best safety duo in all of football.
1: No, not arguably, they are.
0: Yeah, they are. I just saying arguably just to keep anyone from arguing with me. Um, because there, there are some good safety duos in the league. There's, there's some good ones. Um, but then this kid steps in and he replaces the, the production of Micah Hyde almost perfectly. So the reason I don't think he should win it is because this kid is not going to start this year. It's going to be Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. But if he's able to play in any sort of capacity at all, because he's going to get his snaps, he's going to find his way on the field, just because at this point he has so much publicity, his name is Demar Hamlin. He's going to get his snaps. but um, And he's going to be productive because he's pretty good at his position. But I just don't think that should be enough. But it probably will because this kid almost died. And it was a national it was a national headline for over a week. A a playoff a, a a playoff preview game was completely suspended because of this happening. And if this and he's already back on the field. So if, if he plays any sort of role whatsoever, he's going to win it. He's a slam dunk. Now again, I don't think he should. Because like I, I'm not rooting against the kid. I hope he does very well and if there's any sort of injury he's probably going to step in and do very well in relief but there's other players like cooper cup who might be a little more deserving of this award because they are just that talented i understand this i understand this kid really went through hell but you also need the talent to go with it in order to win this award that's that's the honor in winning it where's the honor in just winning it simply because you almost died right?
1: Yeah, I I mean I word that a little differently, but yeah.
0: Like of of course, of course I'm not rooting against him. I'm just saying like he like in order to win this award, you need to there needs to be the talent there. That's that's the different. honor in winning it. That's that's my point. Um so that's my comeback player of the year pick. Damar Hamlin, I think he's going to win it. I think he's a very productive player and he's he's whenever he has stepped in in relief of either of the two between Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde he's done very well in it so I'm rooting for the kid I hope he does well and I think he is going to win it um I'm not sure if he will deserve it but he's going to win it yeah probably all right so moving on we got our NFL honors predictions with coach of the year what's your pick
1: Hmm, call me crazy, maybe I'm riding the hype train perhaps, but my coach of the year pick is Dan Campbell. And for the record, I'm trying to tap into how this award works, because it usually goes to a coach who inherited a bad team, or was bad for a bit, and then magically brought his team to the playoffs or it goes to a first-year coach that overperforms. Not a big fan of that system, if I'm being frank. But, but you got to look at Dan Campbell. What a story would it be if he took the Detroit Lions, a team mired in misery since the Super Bowl era, to the playoffs with a positive record? And I think the time is now. Jared Goff has shown that he can be your QB1. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's quickly making his case as a top 15 receiver, perhaps top 10 to some. You've got a good O-line. You have a young, hungry, just up-and-coming defense. And on top of that, Aaron Rodgers, the bad man, some call him. He's out of your division. And Jordan Love is unproven. The time is now. And if he could take advantage of that, then i would fully expect him to get coach of the year
0: yeah i mean detroit is in prime position to to succeed and dan campbell has proven that he is he is the right guy time and time again and this is also going to be a make or break year for him because if this team oh, underperforms with oh, dan he's campbell he's done mm-hmm. he, especially with the the amount of hype surrounding this this lions team going into this year Which I believe in, by the way. I think this is going to be a good Lions team. Probably the best it has been in recent memory. Um, But if it doesn't, oh boy. He's going to be the first to go, unfortunately. And I really like Campbell. I like his attitude uh, from what I've seen from him in press conferences, pregame speeches. He seems like he's such a likable guy. Um, My pick is Sean Payton. And I have Sean Payton because you take a, a Broncos team that won just four games last year and with a Pro Bowl-level quarterback had arguably the worst season that you could possibly have with that team. And there were some things that you just couldn't control. For example, the offensive line got severely hurt, and even when it was healthy, it it wasn't anything to write home about. They patched that up, and on top of that, their defense is still young and still looks pretty good. So where was the issue after that? It was their coaching, which was Nathaniel Hackett, who is now out. Then you bring in an offensive-minded head coach who, is, who has been a head coach in the past and has proven he can do it, unlike Nathaniel Hackett at the head coach position. You add him, and you have the most improved team in all of football going, coming from last year. So I think Sean Payton is a prime candidate to win this award, and I think he will. I think Peyton is going to turn around this Broncos team and they will be a playoff team this year because how could you, how could you do any worse with with Russell Wilson at quarterback, especially after an improved offense offensive line. Now Uh, you got a very good wide receiving core. I think this is a prime spot for Sean Peyton to show why he is potentially a future hall of famer as a head coach. I think Sean Payton's going to win coach of the year and show and just remind everyone why he is such a good coach.
1: Yes, I, I can definitely see the case for that. He's he's another one that I was considering.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell's a good pick, too. So if he wins it, I I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I think we can say the same thing about both of them, though. If yeah. if I if they falter, then they're done. Like I don't think Sean Payton's getting another chance. No, he might. He
1: can get one more chance, but Campbell, if they miss if the Lions somehow miss the playoffs after all that offseason hype and rebuilding, he is going to get jettisoned.
0: Campbell definitely. I think Payton too, but just for him being named Sean Payton, maybe he gets another year. Kind of like how I Bruce thought. Arians in his first year with with Tampa wasn't very good, but then he got another chance and then he won a Super Bowl. But I I don't know. That was also when that happened. He went from Jameis Winston, uh, Arians went from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, so he kind of he, he kind of got had some slack because he didn't have much to work with. Now Sean Payton is working with Russell Wilson.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: So I'm just saying, his first year he has more to pr- like. I think he has more pressure too. Payton does because it's a talented roster. And this guy is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, the guy who leads these incredible offensives. So I would be, I would think that Sean Payton could get it done. And if it's if he can't, it's a big problem. It means that it, it this that this issue goes much deeper than coaching, and Payton might be out as part of that. Um, but here we are. We've made it to our final award. Last but not least, the league MVP honors. So, CJ, who do you have as the NFL MVP?
1: <sighs> There's realistically only a few it could be. We know it's going to be a quarterback because, you know, it may as well just be called most valuable quarterback. Or if MVP should be just most valuable passer, for being honest. Uh, I know Mahomes won it last year, but the cupboard's looking pretty bare on offense aside from Travis Kelsey. Josh Allen's another one, but he's shown time and time again that he just can't take that to the next level. So I'm thinking Joe Burrow. You know, I just, oh, Adam's making a face. He does not like that. I
0: love that pick because it's mine. Oh,
1: hey, what do you know? Well, great minds think alike, huh? But seriously, there is no reason for Joe Burrow not to succeed. A good defense the best O-line he's ever played behind, and the best wide receiver room in the league, and or you know, just the best trio with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd with a top 10 running back in Joe Mixon and a serviceable tight end Irv Smith Jr. and a serviceable RB2 in the rookie Chase Brown. There's no, I mean, barring like injuries or just some unforeseen tragedy, I do not believe that there is a reason for Joe Burrow not to win MVP. I now, agree. Not to put up the numbers, or at least, you know, he should. And Zach Taylor is proving that he is a good head coach. And Joe Burrow has good playoff experience. He's even been to a Super Bowl, and I know he's itching to get back.
0: It's his time, I really believe. I do think it's his time. That whole Bengals team, it just looks like they're ready to explode this year. And if we talk about like you know barring unexpected injuries, if we're going to take that into account, then why are we making predictions at all? Yeah, because that's that's just going to that's going to happen and, and we just can't predict that. So why are we taking that into account? you know mm-hmm. Anyone who says well, injuries could happen, n- no crap. Yeah. obviously that could happen but we're we can't predict that so we're going to go with how ground we ground how too. we think things are going to happen based on what we have now but am I just going to predict oh well Justin Jefferson's going to get injured so I, I'm gonna fade him no I'm just saying that Justin Jefferson's not going to have as good a season as he as he did prior. It was a large workload he had he had a lot of things go right for him and I just think that's a hard season to, to repeat that's my that's my reasoning. And I also think Jamar Chase—it's it's his time too. But you know, injuring, predicting injuries or something, or something gruesome to happen—we can sit here all day. We could predict the end of the world. Like that could—I mean, who—who who could have predicted a 2020 pandemic in 2019? Right? Yeah. No one predicted that, and then it happened. I didn't see that happening. So, like, what are we doing here if we're just going to take that into a, into consideration? Because anything could happen. The whole season could get canceled and everything we say is wrong, right? Yeah, true. I don't know. Um, All right. So there you have it. All of our NFL honors predictions. And in a few months, we are going to revisit this. Mark my words. We are going to revisit this. And we're just going to see how right or wrong that we are, which is always a fun thing to do, regardless of where where you wind up going. Um, So that's going to be a really fun episode. Definitely tune into that and follow us throughout the season because it's always a fun time to cover the NFL world and how everything is going. And all of these unexpected teams and expecteds and these great performing players, it's all going to be a fun time. And I hope, I just want to revisit my comeback player of the year pick. I hope no one thinks that I'm just rooting against the kid. I'm just saying who I think should win. That's all. And I think he's a talented kid. And I think if he gets his opportunity, then he could make a solid case, especially since he was pretty productive stepping in for, um, stepping in for, for, uh, for Micah Hyde. So if he does that again and does that for a full season, then I do think he should win. uh, He should win comeback player of the year. I just don't know if that'll happen. So we'll see. All right. So, Next, we have the fan box. We asked you guys who you think is going to win league MVP. Not just MVP, dark horse candidates. Guys who are not even thinking about who could win the award. That's next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble ruski podcast, Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. Brought to you by Power Eighty Eight and Secret Weapon Consulting. So, we are on to our fan box portion, where we we post a question filter it, on our Instagram, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will respond and give you a shout out on our podcast every month, um, and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's Fanbox question to be featured on our show. Now, the question of the week was, who is a Dark Horse MVP candidate in 2023? We lead off with Chase McGinty, who said, gotta be Herbert, um, who is definitely a guy who's really not gotten as much attention as he has in years past. Mainly because the team just continues to underperform with him. And a lot of people put it on coaching, but I think Herbert has gotten too much of a free pass, so much so to the point that People don't really mention Justin Herbert as much anymore.
1: Yep, you know that is where I stand. If you've listened to the show before, then you know that I think the league needs to stop babying Herbert.
0: Yep, and other people who said Justin Herbert, Grayson Mortimer, Jack Carroll, who said Jay Herbo. It's an interesting way of putting it. Never heard I think that that's name before, him too. is it? Oh. Yes. Uh, Patrick Wilver also said Herbert, and if he would definitely be a dark horse. So if he, if he has an incredible year and just leads the Chargers to a division title, that's the definition of a dark horse right there. Yep. Um, but we have another one. We have another response, which is Conrad Sperry who said, Justin Fields. And if all goes right for him, then yeah, he could win it. But the problem is, will he? because we don't even know how good this kid is yet. He's, he's had a couple of years with less than satisfactory weapons with a pretty bad offensive line. Now, both of those things have been fixed. Yeah. So barring serious injuries, which I just went on a tangent about in the last segment, that if we're predicting injuries or, or apocalypses, then why are we even here making predictions in the first place? Um, And if, if this kid can play, if he can play, then I think we will know it this year.
1: Yeah, this is totally the put-up or shut-up year because best team you've had, you know, in a bit. And if you can't put it together, that might just be on you.
0: Yeah. Jacob Buck... Uh, we have a couple of uh, Gino Smith votes. Jacob Buckley and Owen Vanslack said Geno Smith. If he wins MVP, then the world is backwards. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine... like. Two oh. years ago, if I if you were to ask to tell me, hey Adam, Geno Smith is going to win the league MVP in 2023, I would be like, did was there something in the water? Did is Patrick Mahomes still alive? Like what what just happened?
1: <laughs> also, by the way, Connor Fallon also said Justin Fields too. He did. Yeah.
0: Okay, I didn't see it in here. Um, is it out of, is, is it in any predict- particular order that you listed or?
1: No, I just put people, I just put, if somebody responded with like a whole bunch of, I put like the most repeated responses together.
0: Okay. Um, I didn't see Connor Fallon in the, oh, yep. Yep. I see it in between Connor Fallon field. 100%. 100%. Well, he is a, he is a bears fan. So, um, if he wins it, then good for you. Just a little bias. But I respect it. I'm a biased Patriots fan. I I just don't think Mac Jones is winning the league MVP. Yeah, um,
1: no. I, I probably don't see it happening either. All
0: right. We got a couple of Brock Purdy votes. Uh, Diego Huertas said Joe Burrow or Brock Purdy. Grant Flood said, call me nuts, Brock Purdy. And... I mean, Joe Burrow isn't a I don't think he's a dark That's horse. Yeah, it's not player. a dark
1: horse. We literally not, both predicted it.
0: We both picked J- Joe Burrow. He's going to have an incredible year. Brock Purdy's an interesting one. And I think we're all undervaluing him for a couple of reasons. Number one, it could still be lightning in a bottle. I mean, it's still a reasonably small sample size he excelled in. Now he did he did great. I'm not going to take that away from him. But you've got to show that that wasn't just a flash in the pan also i really hope his elbow's okay if it turns out this kid actually was able to play and that elbow injury just messed up the rest of his career that's really sad especially since he was the last pick in the draft what a great story that was um but i hope i hope that's not the case i don't think it is because it turns out he's actually back in practicing in training camp yeah
1: he threw like three touchdowns yesterday in practice
0: yeah so maybe he can play and these he's the next tom brady maybe
1: would that be something
0: yeah if he wins six super bowls then there you go one of the best of all time hey yeah, you never know tyson, we got a couple justin jefferson votes tyson tate and eli turner has a uh, remind me has a wide receiver ever won league? no
1: no i'll stop you there no wide receiver tight ends pass catchers in general have never won mvp and Look, I know why, because it takes two to tango, because all their yards and touchdowns are also the quarterback's yards and touchdowns. And I just, I don't see it happening. Maybe there's like a slight chance now that this is a more wide receiver-driven league. But But let me tell you something. We know it's a quarterback award. We all know this. But the only way I think a wide receiver can win league MVP is if they like lead the league in at least two categories, probably yards and touchdowns, while they play with multiple quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like quarterbacks yeah. keep going down. Like for example, like you saw what i had with the Niners; they were just going through quarterbacks, like nobody's business. And if somebody like Debo Samuel had like two thousand receiving yards with like with with playing multiple different quarterbacks, and he would probably have to like run for at least five hundred yeah, that's probably what it would take. It's insane, but that is probably what it would take at this point. And I hate to say it, but, you know.
0: Um, isn't it crazy that a running back has won league MVP, but a wide receiver hasn't? Wide receiver is a more, more important position.
1: Especially now. But like I said, the reason they haven't is because all the yards and touchdowns they get also go to the quarterback, and the quarterback's spreading the ball around too.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So then we got Miles Garrett. He got a vote from Eli Angeron. Angeron, Let me know about the pronunciation. Um, Now, I'm very high on Miles Garrett. Um, Again, it's very hard for a non-quarterback to win it. But, I mean, I know Miles Garrett. I believe he's going to have a big season, but he needs he needs to have the season of the century, man, yeah. in order to in order to actually win that, and to be able to outperform the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allen's of the world, in his position. That's going to be hard. And I think not only that, I believe that in order for him to win it, the Browns need to be the number one seed.
1: Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out. The last time in NFL history that a defensive player got MVP was 1986, and it was Lawrence Taylor.
0: Lawrence Taylor. Is Miles Garrett the Lawrence Taylor of his generation? No. There's only one way to find out. He probably isn't, but can he have a Lawrence Taylor-like year? I think that is possible. There's only one way to find out again. But in a similar way that the Giants were really good that year, the Browns need to do the same. And they are in a very tough division, but they do have a good team. And I think we're forgetting just how good Deshaun Watson really was. And I think it's over. His his talent has been overshadowed by what he has done off the field. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, very much rightfully so. But it, it is true. Like we're all forgetting how talented this guy was when he was on the field. Um, and you hate to see people do st- do st- awful awful things like that. Um. Especially when they're talented, yep. Uh They could be role models, but instead they decide to do stuff like that. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. William Mantle said Rogers ties Manning with five.
1: You know I, that's a
0: very real possibility, but I could I could very much see that happening. Yeah. If the Jets wind up being really good this year,
1: mm-hmm. Rogers could get MVP. But once again, it's a regular season award. Yeah, keep that in mind because Rogers is a regular season quarterback.
0: Regular season award for the regular season quarterback. Dangerous. But if they went, if he wins a Super Bowl too, oh. then it, he would have one up Brady and his success in in Tampa. I think he would have at that point. He would. Yeah.
1: Plus, that would officially solidify him as top five.
0: It would solidify him as top five to be able to to validate that. And I think he's going to be a really good quarterback this year. Um, and to win league MVP isn't out of the realm of possibility, but. Again, I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that um you gotta you gotta get that top seed too. I yeah. think the, the MVPs are the best are the best player on the number one seed. I think that's a lot of what played into him winning his last one because that's the only way Br- he wins it over Brady. but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Ian Mulhern said Lamar Jackson, and I think that was the only Lamar Jackson vote we got, isn't it?
1: it yes, it was
0: and it's a good pick.
1: Yeah, Lamar's just got to stay
0: healthy. That's that's just the name of the game. I mean, he's got to stay healthy, and maybe the fact that he's, they're surrounding him with so many different targets on offense means that they're going to have him be a, a little more of a pocket passer. So we'll see if he, he they that do too, that.
1: But he wants to pass more.
0: And he wants to pass more. And he's won MVP before. He so has. there's a very real chance he can win it again. Yes, but he did do that while being in more of a run first offense and it could be still run first, but maybe it could be closer, maybe 60, 40, 55, 45.
1: That's what I'm thinking. Yes.
0: That's going to be, that's going to be the, his best bet at playing a sustainable game. I mean, Russell Wilson has done that later in his career. He used to be mainly a running quarterback and then he's, he transformed into more of a guy who, who stays in the pocket. Maybe he'll scramble a little bit to buy time, but he's not running for yardage. He's running to buy time for his receivers to get open. Yeah. Um. All right. Josh Houle said, "Can T.J. Watt stay healthy and dominate his way to MVP?"
1: Same thing with Miles Garrett. It's like it's, the, yeah. The quarterback award, you know, and you're gonna and like I said, Lawrence Taylor. Last time it happened.
0: And if if either of us had D- T.J. Watt winning Defensive Player of the Year, we would have had a made a good yeah. statement for that too, because he's also he also has another pretty good player opposite him who could bring some cover uh, some of the coverage away from him, which is Alex Highsmith who had a great year. Yeah. Now they can't just game plan for TJ Watt. Cause then what are they going to do with Alex Highsmith? But still you have to have some season, especially in a le- in a league in a day and age where offense is just dominant. Chick chicks dig the long ball. Like they, like how they say in uh in, in baseball, right? That's what they said about the steroid era with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds. So it's going to be the same thing here. It's the offensive guys who are going to get all of the attention here. All right. Uh, Austin Crowley said T uh, T law as in Trevor Lawrence. And there's, there's a good, that's a good dark horse candidate because I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. I think he's going to make that big jump again. Another, another team, where you have a young, promising quarterback and you add that number one wide receiver to make everything better. It happened with Joe Burrow. It happened with Josh Allen. And Patrick Mahomes stepped in when Tyreek was already there, but that you can include that too. I mean, yeah. the list goes on. It was the same thing with Tua. He had that extra wide receiver and it made everything better. So I think that's going to be the same thing here. I think Trevor Lawrence is a sneaky, dark horse, MVP pick. I think that's a good one. Truly. Uh, Brogdon Hill said, Do you think Matthew Stafford can have an MVP season? No. He just... I know he's thrown off an injury, but even before he got hurt, he was not playing well. He did not play well at all. And I know he didn't have the protection back then, but he doesn't have the protection now either. And you also... Past Cooper Cup, who does he have to throw to now? They don't have anything left. Yes. Who?
1: Dan Jefferson, I guess. No.
0: I mean, he's a good wide receiver three or m- maybe two, we two, call him a two? two and huh? a half. I
1: don't,
0: I don't know. But I just don't. If he was in a better situation, then I would say yes. But he also didn't look good last year either. Um, Owen Vance Lack said Jared Goff. And Goff. Is a good one. I think that's a that's a solid one. He's been an MVP candidate for part of 2018 before. But it depends on how good he is. Because I, I'm still questioning, like I think he's better than people have given him credit for. But how much better, I'm still trying to figure out. Because can he can he be the level that he was in 2018, where everyone believed that he was um Sean that he was Sean McVay's puppet. I don't know. Can he prove that? I, I don't know. He'll, he'll have to really prove, he'll have to prove that this year. And he has Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to have Jamison Williams after six after six weeks. So that it's, it's a big question mark. This is a big season for Jared Goff because um, I think we're all questioning how good Goff really is, but, um, if he do- doesn't do well this year, then I think we'll have our answer, and we can finally lump him yeah. in the same category as Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott.
1: Yep, um, it's a shame though because he was
0: really good last year. He was really good. He was year- He was good the year prior too. Yeah, he was. Um, Owen Vansla. Nope. Owen. He- Owen Vanslack has a lot of responses. We love to see it. Wait a second. He has two different responses for different players. Wait Just, a second. So let me, let me skip over to his other response where he said, Owen Vanslack said, Jared Goff going to get hurt in week one. Then from there, it'll be all Teddy two gloves. <laughs> Is that an MVP pick? Are you picking Teddy?
1: I think he's making a joke too.
0: It better be. I mean, that's that's about it. His- <laughs> I think I think that's a joke. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that's a joke. It's a funny one. It's funny, but you can't have Jared Goff and then say, and then say he's going to get hurt in your next response. Um, Owen Vanslack also said Tyreek Hill when he gets to the 2,000 yard mark, receiving mark this year.
1: That's a tall order when you're playing alongside Jalen Waddle,
0: who is also a wide receiver one. And also, you got Christian Gonzalez, the defensive rookie of the year in that division, and, <laughs> and also the reigning defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, and Tre'Davious White, and Tre'Davious White. Let's let's keep going. Is there another one?
1: I then you have to go to safeties. Oh, they, oh yeah, they also have DJ Reed in that division
0: too. DJ Reed, yeah, yep. Yeah. And we could and um, what's his name? Uh, Jack Jones is locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. um, I mean, we would have to go to their own team at that point, which is there's no point in yeah. bringing up. We can't even bring up Jalen Ramsey because he's hurt. Xavier mm-hmm. Howard, I guess. Um, Either way, Tyreek Hill, for him to get 2,000 yards, I feel like someone else is going to be able to do that. It won't be Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's not capable of it, but he's in kind of a tough division. And he, he also has a running mate who is – all. Almost as good, if not as good, maybe better than Tyreek Hill. I just, it's, I don't see it. If anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Um, yeah. all right. Where's his next one? Owen Vanslack also said Nathan Rourke, one hundred percent. Hold,
1: there's another, another, another one between Goff and Tyreek Hill.
0: Which one was that?
1: He said uh, to he a, if it,
0: he stays healthy, there's a good one there. There is a serious answer.
1: He was a top five, you know, in the league statistically before his brain exploded.
0: Yeah. And he was he was one of wasn't he the leading vote getter in the Pro Bowl? And then in a blink of an eye, it all changed.
1: Uh, Something along those lines. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that would have been a good I think if he made a Pro Bowl, I wouldn't have been opposed to it. I wouldn't have been, but also he does need to play more than how many games, like 12, 12, 13 games. Um, but when he was on the health, on the, on the field and healthy, he was as about as good as it gets in the AFC. Uh, all right. Who's our next response? Owen Vanslack said, Nathan Rourke, another, another joke, because you, uh, you, you responded to this one. You posted the response saying laughs in CFL and i thought that that pretty much sums it up
1: yeah yeah because he's a he was a CFL guy that went to jacksonville for some reason
0: yeah um all right jack rob said greedy williams wow. i think this is a joke i i hope it is jack um greedy i mean greedy williams he's a he's a solid corner but he's not even the best in on his team you could argue that it's Denzel Ward on his team, let alone no, a corner. You argue it
1: is. It is Denzel Ward,
0: right? And even if even if he is the best in the, in the game, a corner probably will never win it. No, I think this was a joke. So we'll just yeah. we'll move on from that one. Nick Reyes, this is our last response. Nick Reyes said, Daniel Jones, and I think the Giants have improved from last year, where Daniel Jones had his most productive season he's ever had. But how much? Not enough for him to win league MVP. He doesn't have a number one wide receiver. We'll see how this kid Jalen Hyatt is. But it's it's he's not going to be good enough. They have Darius Slayton, who's a pretty good wide receiver, too. Um, and you have Darren Waller, who's one of the best tight ends in football. But besides that, they don't have much. An offensive line that I guess is improved. It's oh, pretty be. good. Um a defense that is okay. It's fine. I don't, it's not, there's nothing special about it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones might have a good year. He'll have a better year than he did last year if all things go right. MVP caliber, absolutely not. Yeah. He's never, I, I don't even
1: think he's thrown for like 4,000 yards. I don't even, has, he, and I think he might have only eclipsed 20 touchdown passes like once.
0: Yeah. So I just don't, rookie I, year. I just don't see it. All right. So that's the last of our responses. Anything else before we end the show tonight?
1: Uh, nope.
0: All right. Well, guys, football is officially back. As I mentioned before, we have preseason games all throughout these next three weeks. I'm sure you guys are starting up with your fantasy drafts. Football is officially right in front of us, in front of our eyes. Once again, it is no longer on the back burner like it was. By the end of the draft, basically, because, I mean, the football, people yeah. don't stop playing. People don't stop paying attention to football after the Super Bowl. They stop paying attention after um, after the draft, because that's when the summer starts. And that's one of the great dead spots in the NFL world. And we summer guide you through great
1: that. dead spots in sports. I mean, you're in the thick of the baseball season, but basketball season's wrapping up. And so is hockey.
0: Right. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski_Podcast underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.